we think that we are us because we chose to be us. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, that's true to a certain extent. Yeah. But the majority of the reason that we are who we are is because of the way that we grew up, the influences that were around us growing up, the uh, the culture that we that we lived in, you know, what mattered to the people around us started to matter more to us. What didn't matter didn't matter to us. Like, yeah. we are a combination of all of the things that we've been exposed to over the course of our lives. And it's impossible to fully understand somebody's opinion when you don't fully understand where they came from. You were raised to believe the world was black and white. But what if it isn't? What if the rigid belief system you have never questioned is wrong? What if the world is actually a lot more gray? This show is for the seekers, the explorers, those brave enough to step outside of certainty and question everything. Join your hosts as they sit across from the world's leading thought leaders, visionaries, religious gurus, entrepreneurs, philosophers, and more to tackle difficult topics. You don't need all the answers to find meaning in life, but you should be free to ask all the questions. This is Figuring It Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Figuring It Out podcast. I'm your host, Eric Skrzynski, and on today's episode, We're going to be breaking down our interview with Shaquille O'Neal. This was episode one of the Figuring It Out podcast. And if you haven't listened to that episode, just pause this, come back to it once you're done listening to that conversation. It was so full of great information and some fantastic insights from Shaq. And uh, we break those down in today's episode. Originally, we were going to just attach this to the end of that interview, but we ended up talking at length about some of the takeaways from that conversation and thought it would be better served as a full episode. So enjoy today's conversation. And remember, if you appreciate anything we discuss on the show, be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag us with the handle at figuringitout.tv. That's figuringitout.tv. All right, enjoy the episode. So as you can tell, this interview was definitely not a conventional interview because of the format. And so we didn't get a ton of time to build a ton of context, but luckily everybody already knows who Shaq is. So we just kind of dove into the first question, which was uh, about the viral video thing. And this was probably my favorite answer just because when when you when you get to connect with people that are like this that have a platform and opportunity where they can actually make a difference in people's thought processes i want to know what they're thinking like what what are the things that go through his mind when he's looking at the world the way that it is right now and so when he brought up the the definition of or that he would put the the viral message all about respect That made a lot of sense to me and it was kind of refreshing because he didn't go into, uh, he, he didn't go into any direction that was, you know, super political. It just turned into like, no matter what your political background, your religious beliefs, no matter what you think is true and what you think is false, we should all respect each other. And that is a message that I think would drive a lot of change if people truly tried to do their best to adopt that rather than judging everybody now. And he brought up the vaccine situation as a, 
example of what he meant by that um, from with zero prompting from me. I was trying to, you know, it's like, well, if you want a viral video, you got it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and that did end up getting a ton of views on on Instagram and TikTok and everything. But um, but he brought that up as an example of of what he meant by mutual respect and how that lives itself out like in our current daily lives. So I I thought it was an interesting perspective that he brought to the table. And I appreciate him being willing just to state his opinion instead of holding stuff like that to himself and being afraid of the backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I really liked um, him saying, it's not my responsibility to change you. Like I'm supposed to, my job is just to respect you. And um, I think that's, easy like even even within the clip like we're talking about stuff like agree or disagree with certain things and like it it's very easy to just get super like tribal about what i think or like oh he said that one thing like there's probably somebody that listened to this episode that heard him say that about vaccines and was like i'm done with the episode you know like and it's like you know and even at this table like there's probably things he said we would all have different nuances on and stuff but I like that idea of just like my job is just to respect you, not to just change every person that disagrees with me. Cause that's, I couldn't change the two people sitting here, you know, as much as I try yeah. <laughs> to no avail. I've tried. So, so let me flip the script here. Jackie, if you could have one video go viral, <laughs> what would you want it to be? Shot calling me hot. <laughs> that already got some views. So next. Wow. <laughs> if I could have a viral video, it'll go live. No. Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Good answer. Are we not allowed to pass in this situation? We didn't establish rules, but it would help the episode if there was some content in yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, usually you talk about things and that becomes episodes. I'm going to start doing that on podcasting. So if someone yeah. asks me something, mm, Pass. Pass. <laughs> Next, please. Option, oh my god, are you crying? <laughs> Next, please. Pass. So, we'll, how about skip and we'll come back? <laughs> Eric, if you could have a message go viral, what would that message be? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be in tears, just passing, and you'll have to carry this. No, <laughs> no on, honestly, um, not to steal from Shaq. Um, but that's exactly what I was going to say, though. And I feel like that's a lame answer. Well, no, I do but, I, agree but I'm going to say specifically, though, like, I think the one part of it that I would steal would be stopping time and being different sides. Because I think that the um, that's one thing you said that I really respected was this idea of like stopping and putting yourselves in the shoes of other people. And I, I was doing an interview yesterday with somebody about like social media polarity. You know, and we were talking about, you know, people hating each other, disagreeing. And he kept saying over and over again, which I thought was good. Like if I grew up like them in their context, like he said, my, their context as I think in his example, he was saying like a person of color growing up in Southern California is a different experience of me growing up in a majority white community as a white guy in the Midwest. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like he was saying, like, it's easy for me to read a comment and assume that they mean it the way that I would mean it if I said that same thing. And I think that ability to stop time and go, what do, what are they saying from their perspective versus how am I interpreting their words to mean, you know, something that I, well, that's not, this sentence makes no sense. <laughs> but, you know, how, how do they intend it versus how would I mean it if I said it that way? I think that's a really huge thing. So yeah. I think something probably along those lines, uh, but 
Honestly, my other answer is just, I don't think that I'm ready to go viral because I don't have enough figured out to feel comfortable saying, here's my message. Yeah, to the here's world. what everybody should do. Like, yeah. I don't think there's something that would heal the world, you know, yeah. outside of maybe just let's respect each other, not, you know, kill each other. You know? Right. That's why I feel like Shaq's though made so much sense and like resonated with me though, because of that. Cause it wasn't like, it was respecting every side. I feel like that's the biggest thing we are missing like in this time. So yeah. especially the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Right. Yeah, right, right. Right? Exactly. Sure, if you Fuck agree. those guys. <laughs> For me, it's very much along the same lines. I was just going to say something about context and perspective, <laughs> which is basically what you were saying, but um I, I don't remember the fir- I don't remember the first time where I really realized that this was the the kind of crux of all of the arguments that I had witnessed growing up and the debates and everybody at each other's throats all the time. And this person being upset at that person, we can't communicate with them because they believe this and we can't associate with them because they believe this. And you know, you can't talk to that person or else you might be like this. And it is a position that assumes the worst in people and doesn't assume the best in people and operates without any context or perspective into how that person is living life. And I think that we you know, have this sort of arrogance about us and we meaning all of us uh, because we think that we are us because we chose to be us. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, that's true to a certain extent. Yeah. But the majority of the reason that we are who we are is because of the way that we grew up, the influences that were around us growing up, the uh, the culture that we that we lived in, you know, what mattered to the people around us started to matter more to us. What didn't matter didn't matter to us. Like yeah. we are a combination of all of the things that we've been exposed to over the course of our lives, and it's impossible to fully understand somebody's opinion when you don't fully understand where they came from. And yeah. I think that if we all had a little bit more openness and perspective in people's lives, and that's why. That's why I love this medium so much because not to beat a dead horse, but that's why I think people like Joe Rogan and not just him, but people like him are necessary voices in the world that we live in because almost everything else is just sound bites. It's, it's a three minute interview on CNN or a two minute segment on Fox that somebody gets. And all you hear is their polarizing opinion because the network knows that that's, what's going to get people to view it, click on it, share it, whatever it's going to get their people who are watching live to make it through the commercial break to the next clip. Like they, they're feeding into your psychology. They're not helping us become better people. You know what I'm saying? So Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what it would be. And to your point, I kind of feel like I don't know enough to have the, like, I wouldn't choose myself to have a message to go viral (laughs) for the whole world to see. I'd probably pick somebody else, but if I did, and honestly, it shouldn't even be Shaq. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably. (laughs) Yeah. There's some, there's, I don't know. I don't know who that person would be, but it's, it's, it'd be a small, you know, uh, it would be a fragment of the population or a fraction of the population that would yeah. be able to, I think, you articulate know, get, it. Yeah. yeah. To articulate well enough. Cause that, that's my thing is I don't know. It would be something about that though. It'd be yeah. something about context or perspective. I always wanted to like a book that I've written down as an idea to write in the future is a world without context, because I think that it, context matters so much and it's rarely applied mm. anymore. Um, and people just form opinions like that, the drop of a hat, uh, without having any context and 
is a unproductive and negative way of going through life, in my opinion. Speaking of forming opinions, have you formed an answer? <laughs> Honestly, that would be my opinion, though. I feel like that's, I'm trying to think of like the relevance to like where we are in life right now. And I feel like that's why with the respect thing, I just feel like in life right now with me trying to figure things out and not having, I don't feel like at this point, I just don't have super strong opinions in other places, but like that is one that like, I try to think of the way I want to raise my kids and how, what I'd want to go viral for them to see in the future. And I, I think it would be respect, like not trying to like steal what he said, but I just feel like that's the one thing that respects all opinions that if, if everybody could just do that, like I feel like I could learn so much from so many different people. And honestly, that's what I've tried to adapt the most in the last year, year and a half of my life is being willing to see other people's opinion. Cause obviously the way that I was raised, I didn't like, I had such a biased opinion on everything that I'd listen. I wasn't really listening though. And I was just, you know, listening to know what I was going to say next, not really listening and caring about what they were saying. And so respecting, but I feel like that at its core is respecting somebody. And so I feel like if that was something I would just definitely agree with him on that, which I know is lame to steal his answer, but that really would be what I would want. Your answer kind of makes me think about it is like, there's, I think we're kind of doing the thing that we most would share you know what I mean? Like, like of all things, yeah. <laughs> is that dumb? So that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we're doing the thing though, that we would most want to share. And I think, um, you know, I was like, what do you mean? I, like having conversations? Yeah. Like, well, I think, you know, I was thinking about, I was showing you that like Crystalia or Krista, the Brian Callan, Theo Vaughn thing. And like, and it was, it was, it was like a, I mean, it's a emotional clip, but then like, I was thinking about it in our context of this show, and, you know, like just driving here this morning, I was like thinking, about, I was like, man, I wish that this show existed for me like six months ago. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, like, it is yeah. such a lonely thing. And I think the biggest message, I guess if I can change my answer would be like <laughs> what you're kind of hitting at, which is like, you're not alone and everyone feels like this. Yeah. Like everybody's trying to figure it out. And I think that's why we haven't even launched the show yet as of this recording. I've obviously when you're listening, it's been launched, but like social media, people are going, I can't wait. Like, I want someone to talk about this. I want yeah. someone to yeah. share this. I want someone to say this. I'm scared to talk about this. Like, right. yeah. and I think that's really cool. Well, I think that's exactly the reason we started the show is we all felt that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we're all very confused. It's, <laughs> but it's more confusing to go through it alone. And it, yeah. and it feels, feels crazy. shitty. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You, yeah, you just have a have a tendency to just internalize it mm-hmm. and keep it to yourself because you think other people are going to look at you like you're a crazy person. Yeah. And that's the that that was my problem is especially when it comes to some of the religious things that I had questions about was whenever I would bring it up to somebody I was always afraid that they were going to laugh at what I thought mm-hmm. could be true. And then when I started thinking about it I was like you you kind of also have a crazy belief system, yeah. Yeah. you know? So like if growing up, it was, you know, as an independent fundamental Baptist, you'd hear about something like Mormonism or Scientology and it would be like, what? that's crazy. They believe that what a ridiculous thing to believe and never taking a look at what I believed and being like, Oh, there's absolutely zero hard evidence for the things that I believe yeah. just as much and as there's the things that they believe. Yeah. Right. Saying the like, Baptist, they, believe they believe that. that? Yeah. yeah. Can you believe what they're wearing? Like yeah. they, everybody's just casting stones. Like, dude, we, like we would have, we would have people in town, like family members that weren't a part of our church or denomination. 
and they would come for a graduation or wedding ceremony or something like that. And then people would get up on stage and like talk shit about Catholics or talk no. shit about Mormons or whatever. And it was like, there's people in this audience that you're just mocking, openly it's mocking. Not a church service. Like, yeah. but the the problem that I have with that is that anytime somebody mocks your belief, it's sacrilegious and that person's going to hell and only fools make a mock at sin. And how dare you, you know, make fun of my belief system. And funny enough, uh, I first realized that about myself watching family guy, um, which I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching, but it was hilarious. So I watched it anyway. And I would, I would laugh at all the other jokes, but anytime they made a joke about like God or Jesus or anything, (laughs) yeah, it was like, you can make fun of Muslims. That's okay. But if you make fun of me, it's like, you know, hurts deeply. And it's like, how dare you mock the thing that I believe, you know, but then that started affecting me a little bit, uh, which speaks to, I think the power of comedy as well as an art form, but that's different discussion. Uh, it started affecting me and made me made, making me believe, making me realize what I was doing to other people. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, it doesn't feel good to have my beliefs made fun of. So maybe I should think twice before I just go mock other people's beliefs to their face or use oh. it as a sermon illustration when I'm preaching to like make fun of a Catholic person or be or whatever. an equal opportunity jokester like a family guy and make yeah, fun right. of everything. Well, and exactly. Sense, That's yeah. my point is like if you're going to be the, the, you know, Baptist preacher to go make fun of Catholics, then you better be totally fine with people making fun of you yeah. for the yeah. things that you That's have right. wrong or the things that are weird and eccentric about your belief system. Like if you're going to make fun of people, that's like, honestly, I'm cool with that. I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of comedy. And I think that a lot of that stuff like makes us not take ourselves seriously and allows us all to live better, happier lives. But my point in saying that is the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy was something that I think is now deep rooted inside of me that I just, it makes me really not like somebody if I detect any notes of hypocrisy in the way that they live their life. It's just like, nah, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck with this person. It's not somebody I want to be around. Well, that was the first question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I think really moving onward, like I I don't think we need to break down each and every one, but I am curious to know um, like outside of that segment, because I think we would all agree that that was a pretty powerful segment to happen two minutes into the conversation. Uh, Was there, what was the, maybe highlight of the episode for you. Uh, we already know what yours is, <laughs> but go ahead and wow. get it out of the way. <laughs> way to bring it up. No, but uh, you're like, Hmm, nah, perfect. Uh, no, but uh, what was, what, what stood out to you? Like, was there a story shared? Was there a principle he shared that the parenting hit? thing was, was good. Cause I, I genuinely respect the way that he parents. If you, if you follow him at all, you'll see, uh, I think recently there was something that went viral and, or a clip of him, talking about his, his kids or something. And he made the distinction that, uh, he said something like, like I'm rich. You're, you guys aren't mm-hmm. rich. Or like, I have a lot of money. You guys don't have a lot of money. And you told me that when I came over today, <laughs> <laughs> I was setting up and you were like counting money in front of me and you were like, I'm rich. You're not. <laughs> That's my whole point is yeah. oh, it was make a, it was people a feel bad about the money. They don't Good. have. Yes. Yes. yes correct. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's it. No, uh, I, I, uh, respect (laughs) that he cares more about instilling principles Mm -hmm. and values in his kids and teaching them how he got his money, not just handing them piles of cash and saying like, all right, now you don't have to do anything. And I frankly am still kind of 
forming my opinion about that. Uh, but it's good to hear from people like him who have already formed their opinion and kind of made their decision on that. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously our kids are still really small one and two years old, but it's something that I think about do like how, how much do I want to give to them versus how much do I want them to earn? And yeah. Yeah. how That's do you struggle? Yeah. Like how do you, you know, as a parent, you don't want to see your kids struggle, you know, but also as a parent, you, you have to let either. your kids struggle <laughs> yeah. because that's what makes you a, like the struggle is what makes things worth it. The struggle is what makes you become the person that is capable of earning those things. That's why you see so much so often professional athletes or lottery winners that go broke after they had that big cash injection mm -hmm. because they didn't do the work to earn that amount of money. So they don't know what it takes to keep it or multiply it or mm -hmm. put it to work. Like they don't, they don't understand the, the foundational principles of yeah. those things. And so they take it for granted. And then all of a sudden when that thing goes away, it's like, Oh, well, how do I get that back? Yeah. And they can't. No, it's yeah. a hard bound. Like that's something like there's stuff that, you know, I'm not, I don't have as much money as Shaq, but like, it's cool like my daughter gets to do things that I never would have been able to do and like get yeah. put in stuff that I never would have got been able to get put in, get newer clothes and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, same thing. Where to go through the struggle because that builds character, you know, super yeah. dad mode there. But like, but then also part of working hard, I think individually is like, Oh, so my kids don't have to go through yeah. stuff I yeah. went through, you know? Well, and but, I think uh, it's necessary though too, yeah. like, the illustration of the butterfly always comes to my mind because that's, I think what makes it make a lot of sense is there. I mean, the, the story is of a little girl who captures a, um, uh, a cocoon found, found, she found a cocoon and put it in a jar, put it in a room and was waiting for the butterfly to come out of the cocoon. And then she saw that it, the little, a little crack in the cocoon, mm -hmm. you know, happened in the, butterfly starts to come out of the cocoon, but it was struggling to get out of the cocoon. So she opens the jar and grabs the cocoon and just cracks it open and lets the butterfly out because she saw that it was struggling yeah. getting out. And then the story goes, the butterfly just sat in the jar for the rest of its life because this turns out the struggle of getting out of the cocoon is what strengthens the wings enough to be able to fly. And it's a perfect illustration of, of how it is with kids is that you have to let them struggle because not only is that just like, Oh, it's good for them. It's like, no, that's like, that's everything. It, that's, that's what allows you to be able to become the person that you need to become. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you just like kick them out on the streets when they're 12 years old and say, good luck. You know what I mean? Like you, obviously your job is still to protect and provide. Um, but mixing in a good amount of, Hey, like, dad's not going to be there for you on this one. No. Like you're yeah. going to have to figure this one out, you know, and uh, maybe watching from a distance. Like, I don't know what the answer is. You yeah. know, all I know is that it's necessary and I, and I, and I don't want to spoon feed my kids everything because mm -hmm. they're just going to grow up to be spoiled brats instead yeah. of grow up to be contributing members of society who do bigger things. Like, I think it's my job as a parent to equip my kids to do bigger things than I ever thought was possible for me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, in, in order to do that, they're going to, they're going to need to go through the struggle. You know, now that with build your network, we, you know, I'm coming up on a thousand episodes of that show. Now we've interviewed a ton of people and that's almost always a common denominator with successful people is like, they have a crazy story. They have something that they went through that 
was like not ideal at the time and that you wouldn't pick out for anybody. But because they went through that, it taught them how to go make other things happen. And that's just such a valuable lesson that I feel like as a parent, it's just this super weird dichotomy where it's like, I don't want to see my kids struggle because, because obviously I love them. But at the same time, if I truly love them, then I have to let them struggle. And it actually becomes selfish for me to not let them struggle because that's not what's best for them. And then I'm, and then I'm only doing it because it makes me feel bad, right? Like I feel bad as a parent to watch my kids struggle. So therefore I'm going to help them because I feel like a bad parent. And it's like, well, that's not what makes you a bad parent. Giving into that feeling is kind of what makes you a bad parent, you know, like giving into the feeling of, well, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just, you know, take care of it for them. I'll, I'll solve all their problems. It's like, yeah, that makes you feel good, but that's not what's best for your kid. Like they got to, they, they need to develop their own skills. They need to go through the struggle so they can come out on the other end and feel good about the thing that they accomplished, you know, and understand what failure is and that failure is not just okay, but it's expected and that it's a necessary part of success. And like all of that is okay. And it's okay to feel bad and it's okay to cry because you failed or it's okay to you know, get down on yourself because you didn't make the team or whatever it is. But like next time, now you know what it takes to to make it past that. You know what I mean? And all those lessons are really important. And so when you hear somebody like Shaq that comes in and talks about it in that direct of a way where somebody like him, who's worth multiple nine figures at this point, I don't know if he's crossed a billion yet, but he's probably worth a half a billion at least. Um, if I were just guessing, you know, like you take someone like that who came from, uh, you know, poverty type of a family situation and now has all that money. And then his kids grow up with him. And then he's saying like, Hey, that's not your money. That's dad's money. You know, like I worked for that. I learned how to, how to manage that. Like he went back and got his PhD after he was in the NBA, you know, like he didn't have to do that. He went back, graduated from college, got his master's, then got a doctorate. He is Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I mean? And now he owns hundreds of franchises. He's a, a investor and, uh, makes millions of dollars still from just endorsement deals and hosting NBA events and all this crazy stuff. So he's just like, look, this is, this is my money. This isn't your money. You got to go learn how to go do these things. And I'm happy to be the one to help you do that, but you're still going to have to do it. What about you? Pass? Would you like to pass on? <laughs> yeah, pass. No, I'm going to pass on some parenting is something that I feel like I'm pretty passionate about. And that was one of the things too. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit on the side, but it is something that, um, when he was talking about how he treats his daughter and his son differently. And I thought that was super interesting. Cause I feel like the woman in me is so like protective of that. Cause I feel like growing up, you always want to go and we joke around about it, but we're all, but he's always like, you know, like Kim can date when he's 16, but like Cassidy, she needs to be 30 when she can start dating. And so I always Maybe. go like, yeah, yeah. And that's my point. Exactly. But at the same time, I mean, we were lately in the car the other day and we've talked about a million times over that I can turn around and like say something to Cameron and like even raise my voice at Cameron and he doesn't flinch at all. And then Travis will literally turn around and just talk to him, but like say it sternly and Cameron will just burst out into tears. So it's interesting on that, like on that perspective, same, I feel like there is definitely a difference in how you treat guys and girls with having, I mean, we got lucky, obviously we have a boy and a girl so we can like see them and very close in age as well. So we can see how them, how to treat them differently. But I don't know. It was one of the points that like, I definitely think there is truth to it for sure. But to your credit, what we were talking about earlier is that I do think that you have to be careful with doing that too, of not treating them differently because it's a boy and a girl as in, in any, in any context either, you know? 
Well, I don't think he, that was the, the one thing I wish I would have clarified a little bit more in the interview. Um, if I would have had more time was that I don't know if that he meant that you shouldn't be tough on your girls, but the way that you discipline them should be different. Should be different. Yeah, that's right. Cause he was saying in the interview that he just like grabbed his baby girl's hand and he slapped his own hand. Yeah. Like he didn't even slap her. He yeah. like grabbed her hand and slapped his hand and just made a loud noise and she started crying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Shaq is Shaq though too. Oh, sure. There's a I little bit cry. to do with that. I would probably yeah. cry if you grabbed my hand just out of pure fear. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But That's fair. But you look at somebody also like a Molly Bloom and yeah, in her, her story, I mean, even if you just watch the movie, but if you read the book and talk to her, you know, her dad was extremely tough on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that they've kind of reconciled later on in life, she finds out that like, well, my dad was a clinical psychologist and he understood that life as a woman was going to be a lot more difficult if I wanted mm-hmm. to be successful. Yeah. Um, and so he put me through the ringer and I mean, look at her now, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard because now it's hard as a parent. Cause like, I don't want to, I don't want to have a distant relationship with my daughter until she's 30 right. and realizes it was all for good. You yeah. Know? Well, and it's hard but at the same time. I don't want her to like, think that she's less than or that she's not you know capable of something because she's like i want i want to be just as tough on her as i am on my on camera on my son my son because like i I want her to to grow up and and feel to to be that like strong woman that can make anything happen in today's world you know but hopefully by the time she's 20 she'll it'll be a little bit different of a world (laughs) yeah but um that's what's terrifying about parenting though is that it's um like you look at Molly Bloom, for example, it's like, yeah, look at her now. But then you're like, look at all the trauma yeah, results work instantly. Right. Yeah. So like, that's what's scary. And that's where I think it's, it's like, and I think again, like it's all nuanced too. And like, I understand his perspective, but then that's where I get scared, especially gr- how we grew up, like the binary that exists of like, you know, men can take it, you know, and you right. have a lot of men that get up and they're just abusive jerks because they never learned how to process emotion health, right. yeah. you know right. in a healthy way because their dads didn't have the heart to heart versus being yeah. tough and then you've got girls who are like you know they're trained to be the submissive passive yeah. like everyone's soft on you so it's right. like but e- either way there's these things that happen where it's like you know you see kids that grew up with people that had the heart to hearts that are crazy and have gone off the rails and the other people that got tough parenting we know yeah. a lot like that yeah. who got the tough parenting and the spankings and the whatever borderline abuse yeah. in some cases and you know those people just broke their spirit and you know it's right. like or you know or vice versa just didn't do anything didn't right. solve the yeah. problem so yeah it's all nuance but i think um yeah like that was the only thing that he said where i was like you know that that binary you know because everybody i think is different you know yeah like, that's well, the thing. I think it's a personality thing yeah. half the time. It's I was just going to say that. We've talked about that a thousand times over. Like, that's the scary part about parenting is that you, like, no matter how we raise them, we could raise them and think that, like, we did an amazing job. We could look back and be like, yeah, we got, like, a 98 score on parenting. And they're going to go through therapy when they get older, and most likely. podcast. About, go, like, yeah. how we My screw mom and them dad. up, though. But it's true. They yeah. will. And, like, they'll something will do whether you overlove them. And we've talked to someone recently. Like, you can go through, like, you can love them too much to where then they look for love in every relationship that needs to be that extreme to where then you set them up for failure that way. Like, everything Yeah, you it was do, funny. I had a friend that I was talking to about it. I won't um, say their name because I didn't ask. Um, but they said they were going through therapy and they knew they had a bunch of issues with their dad uh, Mm -hmm. growing up. And that was the subject of a lot of therapy sessions. But then it was surprising to them to find out that their mom actually caused some of it. And and Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, my, 
my mom was always encouraging and just affirming and telling us how awesome we were and how proud she was of us and all this stuff. But then now fast forward to having a real relationship with somebody like an intimate relationship with somebody. And I started realizing that that's what I come to expect of everybody in my life. And I feel now I feel like somebody doesn't like me because they're not giving me all of these validations and affirmations all the time about how awesome I am or how much they love me. And that's not a direct reflection of that person. That's because that's how I think a good relationship should be. And that's just not how all of them end up fleshing themselves out, even though that person probably still does love me. You know, it was just like a, it was so funny when, when I was talking to them, cause I was like, that's a perfect thing to talk about on the show. Cause it's just like, it's an embracing of the imperfect and yeah. just understanding as a parent, no matter how much you you're, you're trying and you think that you're, you're doing as best as you possibly can. You're screwing them up at the end of the day. <laughs> something's going to be messed yeah. up that they're going to be talking to the therapist about in 20 years. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, well, but that also puts the, um, burden back on you to to do your best to become that best version but yeah like i want my daughter to be able to go to therapy and talk about the issues that i caused and i also want to be able to talk to me about it and also you know what i mean have that relationship and i think that's really cool like i haven't had that consistently with my family but that's been something we've been able to do is like hey that really hurt me or you know or like we've talked about with like churches like hey this weird thing happened I didn't know about that. Okay, right. let's talk about it, yeah, you know, and not being terrified of like what's going to happen when I bring it up. You sure. Know? Um, but yeah, that was a cool clip. And, and, um, I think my favorite section was probably, uh, his story just investing in Google. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a cool, cool story. Yeah, and I hope funny. someday when I'm playing with someone's kid, you know, they'll be like, Hey, we're doing this thing. And it'll be like the next big thing. Okay. It helps if you're shocked though, I guess. And if you have a bunch of leftover money that you don't right. care if you ever when see I have again. in this yeah. situation, I've got leftover yeah. NBA money oh, also gotcha. oh, okay. ready. Yeah. So it's a hypothetical Eric, uh, the NBA player. I can see it now. Wow. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> a very great visualization in my head. There's an attack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wrapping up, um, I mean, I think there was a lot of good content, probably a lot better content, in like 11 minutes than some do That's in 40. Fair. That is yeah. um, Cause every answer I gave, I thought was really, really solid. And, um, I mean, in conclusion, uh, Jackie, your biggest takeaway from the entire thing is that Shaq thinks I'm hot. There you go. Yeah. He's not wrong. Jackie. He's Are you wrong. jealous? Babe. Low key. You, I could not be that, less jealous. Like anything, he's your you're hero. It's your wife. No, I'm right? saying he's your hero. Do you wish he had said you were hot? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Did you have been so proud? I can imagine <laughs> that would you'd be like, cut that clip now, post it. But uh, you know, Shaq didn't get to see me at all, and I think I would have had a shot. At Shoot your shot, hot. Shaq. Uh, anyway. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode if you're listening you get anything out of this just a laugh or an insight or something like that um, then be sure to give us a rating and review on whatever app you're listening to this on actually there's only two that you can do that on which is spotify and apple podcasts and then if you watch this on youtube hit that subscribe button give us a share um, we want to know from you guys 
what you want us to discuss, talk about on the show, what guests you want us to bring on, what topics you want us to talk about. So um, if you uh, head over to figuringitout.tv, um, you can sign up for our newsletter, which will also be our Facebook group. So you can find a community of other people that are also just trying to figure it out. So I look forward to connecting with all of you guys over there. Thank you for listening to the Figuring It Out podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. For more information about the show, visit www.figuringitout.tv or connect with us anywhere on social media with the handle figuringitout.tv.